This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Livewire with Lady Spitfire. My name is Lady Spitfire, and with me is Kickass. He's over in the corner hiding. I'm over here. Playing around with question number six. Yeah, we won't yeah, we yeah. won't go over what that is. <laughs> Tonight we are back in action. We're doing these awesome interviews with bands from around the world. For those of you who don't know us, we do a lot of indie bands because commercials overrated and I'm sick of it. So I'm done listening to Eminem and Iggy. Glenn. <laughs> but tonight we're gonna we're gonna go completely out of the box. Tonight we have now defunct with us. We've got Anastasia, we've got Steve, we've got Scott, and I don't know who number four is down there in the left my left hand corner. Hey. I, I'm Nick James. James. Oh, and Nico. Nico. Awesome. So let's go round robin. We'll start with Steve. Um Tell us what you do in the band and just do like little brief files about yourselves. So I'm the master of time, space, and dimension. No, just kidding. Um, <laughs> I, I, I guess I'm the guitar player in the band. I uh, write some of the songs. I do some of the lyrics. I construct some of the songs. I've written a couple of songs for some of the other band members. Um, Basically, the kind of the now to funk story goes back 30 years and has been unfolding for that time period. Started with a uh, started a long time ago trying to understand how a Bauhaus song worked and trying to teach the bass line to Scott and started uh, many, many moons ago. And we've been unfolding ever since. And the beginning of March, we uh, shot a video for. Scott's song, uh, Death Valley Scotty, and that really kind of kick-started the whole program, which we uh, did a Kickstarter program, pressed the vinyl. Uh, It's been an amazing experience. So that's kind of what I do in the band. Excellent. Scott, how about you? Uh, Yeah, hi. Everyone (laughs) in the world, (laughs) greetings, salutations, komasai. Welcome to the end of 2020. We're hoping 2021 will shine a little brighter. Um, mostly what I do in this band, I'm sort of like the barista. I just serve up double espressos, make sure we have the Yeah, they're good, too. They can't have bean. And, you know, just what we try to do is just set a table for this collection of defunctness to, to have a way to create goodness in the world. Excellent, excellent. What about Nico? Is this your daughter? Yeah, um, I'm Scott's daughter. Um, I contributed a song, and I also helped taking photos and videography for the band. And Very cool. Out. And how about James? Um, I do, I do a, mainly writing bass parts, some production, but um, kind of writing and playing and and. Uh, Feeling uh, pretty grateful that I get to be part of a part of the group. You know, it's been a lot of fun, and 
Yeah, no, it's good. I, I feel like I don't really contribute that much, but uh, I, I do like uh, I do some writing and um, but most of it's bass playing. So Very nice. Trying to Anastasia, trying to work that magic. My, my husband's favorite name. <laughs> Thank you. I couldn't spell it until third grade. <laughs> I don't spell any of my names. It's a ridiculous name. I, I'm, I'm grateful for it now, but at the time I could not. Um, I'm Steve's daughter, and then um, I kind of like Nico. That how this whole thing started is is my dad just called me, and I've known Scott pretty much my whole life. And um, they're like, oh yeah, Scott wrote the song. We're gonna shoot a mu- music video. Uh, do you want to shoot it? And I was like, okay. And I had no intention. And then it just ended up, you know, turning into an album. But I helped shoot the music video. Uh, I and then I wrote a song and uh, sang like Nico, and then uh, did some photography. Very so. nice. Yeah, Glenn doesn't. Glenn used to play guitar, which we're working on getting him Back. playing again, which is taking forever because he just built two ukuleles for us, which. It's my uh, cute. Very it's cool. fingers that can't function. Mm-hmm. And I've played piano since I'm five years old. So I know what it's like to get up there, you know, and you're playing and you're going at it. And then when it comes to writing a song, it's like, okay, I'm going to hire some friends to do my songs from Facebook updates and dirty journals. Yeah, it's, it's all good. <laughs> <laughs> so. Did you say dirty journals? I did. I want to read it. I want to read it. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. So. Steve, if someone were to ask your band, what other famous bands would you be compared to? Who would you pick? Jeez, that's a tough question. Where, uh, uh, Mamas and the Papas, uh, the Family America. Tree, uh, the uh, Arlo Guthrie, Neil Young, um, yes, Neil Young. Uh, Sly and the Family Stone would probably come to mind, and they, they just because of how connected that they they are and and they were, you know, as far as a group Fantastic. and being being a family unit because that's really what I feel not a funk is is a family you know the way we communicate with each other and the way we're, we're able to go ahead and build songs and how they start out the small kernel and then handing it off to another band member and handing it back and and, and constructing the song in a way where everybody contributes on every song and everybody's contributed on almost every video that we've done and uh, from Scott sending out 200 different emails to radio stations all across the world to James being the master blaster and the best bl- bass player on the planet, <laughs> Anastasia and Nico's incredible songs that they brought to the table, Creeping Cthulhu and Teachers, and it, it's just been an amazing, amazing experience. So, yeah, I'd have to go with Sly and the family. Very cool. Hey, hey Lucia, I, I think uh, one way I would answer that is I would quote um, Alejandro Miranda, who was the choir director who did the uh, choir um, uh, orchestration for the song Big Water. He's from Venezuela. And he said, you know, your music is like watching a Fellini film if it was scored by Joy Division, Neil Young and Rare Earth. Your music is very cinematic. Your music is very cinematic, but you can tell this band is deeply committed to the song. Nice. Mm. Now, what's your That's question? Good way to put it. Oh. Um, if we are any Neil Young fans, have you ever heard of a 1982 album called Trans? Neil Young. Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah, man. Yeah. Sure. Have you heard of this? Yep. You can't get it today. I tried. <laughs> Well, was like, that's what's amazing. That's what's amazing about folks like Neil Young. He he's always innovating. He's always evolving. 
he he's a major accomplished he's he's not afraid to to try he's going to put he's going to do what he thinks what he wants to do whether you like it or not True. the album was very futuristic in 1982 um, I actually had tickets to see him at the Philadelphia Spectrum with this tour, and a snowstorm wiped us out. Aww. Neil Young trans. Oh, yeah. oh, shut up. <laughs> hey, hey, Glenn, yeah. listen to trans, and then listen to a song that Steve wrote on this album called On the Dial. There's, a, there's this, you know, because even though the trans album is very futuristic, Neil Young picks up on some sort of AM radio, almost rockabilly vibe in some of his songs. I and love rockabilly. That, and that's, uh, that's what Steve's flavor of On the Dial. Well, I that's love an, my transistor radio. That's yeah. an interesting album, too. That was his transition from his folk acoustic stuff into, into uh, the, the 80s world. And it largely got panned by most of the guys out there, but it, it definitely has some good has some good meat on it, like most of his albums. He does a lot of stuff that, uh, like like Scott said, is not well-received at the time, but later loved. Absolutely. Nice. So, Scott, tell us about what life was like before the pandemic, and James can then tell us what it's been like during the pandemic for you guys. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, well, we, we, we it was talked about a, a couple times. We went out to Joshua Tree, California, to shoot this um, video for Death Valley Scotty, and that was at the last week of February. It's a great song. And and while we were out there, we we were sitting around the campfire. We started coming up with other ideas for other songs. And then Steve just kept bugging us, hey, we should do more. And I had checked off my bucket list. Hey, I, I that was the first song that I ever written completely. We wrote it. We recorded it. We have a video. I'm done. I got to go back to what I do. I'm a, I'm a university professor. I've got I've got papers to grade. Right? <laughs> you know, come on, come on. But Steve was like relentless, like from the movie Usual Suspects. You know, one job. Stop being such a tough guy, Mickey. One job. <laughs> one job. Yeah. So so a couple others. So we us and then we set the table for songs. Then I'll let James take it from here. We had to learn how to collaborate, how to communicate, yeah. how yeah. to integrate and create while we are all in exile. We were all isolated. That's right. Yeah. We we and you know what? What's amazing, and I think it's mostly attributed to the the personality, the dopeness, and the defunctness of the people in the room. And I'm going to let other people tell the story how we got the name defunct, because that was also a transition into pandemic times. Oh, nice. All right, James, you're up. Yeah, so it was, yeah, the, the whole pandemic thing has been re- really interesting, um, but because uh, we had already kind of started the project. Um, just with, with uh, Scott actually kicked everything. Scott is like the the kingpin of like the whole project, really. So don't kingpin. don't let his him not ta- talking about the. It's actually <laughs> Scott and Steve. You know, Scott came down from Seattle to California. And was like, hey, help me write this song. And I was like, oh, okay. And then the next thing you know, we're like we're shooting a video for it. And then um, and then 
like a well, like maybe a week or two after that, Steve starts sending like all these files, and then probably right around that time is when the when the pandemic hit, like the at the beginning of it, and from from then until like what like August or so, like we just fly files were just like flying back and forth, back and forth, awesome. and everyone's you know on set, like you know separate secrets you know like little groups you know like what mm-hmm. do you think what do you think what do you think and so you had like constant you know like emails texts everything um kind of going back and forth and it was actually uh case was the the one that was uh doing like the bulk of the producing and then i kind of got my hands in on some of it and took some of the files and um was trying to kind of shape some of the stuff and turn it into songs so I mean, it was definitely a collaborative uh, event, but for the most part, like I think the bulk of the pandemic so far has really been just us writing and really having a lot of fun with it. Um, yeah. Yeah, like a, awesome. in a nutshell. <laughs> so, Anastasia, has your Ooh. band done any live streaming before or during the pandemic? Have you streamed live on Facebook, because we're seeing a lot of bands are doing the live stream feature for people, and they're charging, you know, like a dollar to watch the show, stuff like that. Or just collaborating and making a song, and people are in different places around Mm -hmm. the world. Have you done it? We we live stream like a like an album release party where we kind of spent very cool deep dive into the album. Um, but, uh, I don't think we've done anything, but we, we should do that. I know they've mentioned, uh, they want to tour, but I don't, whenever, you know, the pandemic yeah. with and people can actually travel, um, and all that stuff. But yeah. Nice. Yeah. And I have a question for Nico too. See, I, I posed all my questions for all of with the help of this one. <laughs> what do you think life is going to be after the pandemic? Like, cause we're here and now. We love to travel. We're big foodies. We travel. We're we vlog. We have massive shenanigans on our it. YouTube channel. We're nuts at the age of 46 and 55. And um, how old are you? 46. You might get replaced. Yeah, right. You just married me. You can't replace me. Get out of here. <laughs> so, so seriously, what do you think life is going to be like after the pandemic? Do you think it's going to be normal like it was in February? Or do you think it's going to be a new normal where everybody's going to be dictating, no, you can't do this, and no, you can't do that? Um, I think at the beginning of the pandemic, there was like a narrative of things will go back to normal. Mm-hmm. But since we've been in the like lockdown for so long, I don't think there is going any any going back to normal. And I think there's going to be a new normal and like a new shift of like society, I guess. Um, and I don't think it's going to be like dictative of oh you can't do this or you can't do that I think definitely around flu season there's probably going to be some new like um yeah or restrictions or just like etiquette like uh, maybe some like more mask wearing when it's like flu season and probably a lot more like just, just like distance and I know a lot of people have been saying like they don't ever want to take the mask off because they've been like while shopping they have like weird facial expressions or like they're talking to themselves like under their mask mm-hmm. they're like i don't want to take it off because then like people will see that have so you, yeah so have you noticed and this is for anybody to answer but one thing that glenn and i have noticed is 
people don't look at people anymore. People don't really engage in conversation. It's like you're walking by and somebody's walking by and that's it. They don't even look at you. They don't make eye contact. They don't do nothing. Um, well, I live in Seattle and there's like a phenomenon here called Seattle freeze. And basically even before the pandemic, like everyone kind of just like not ignores each other, but like, there's definitely like, like there's some sense of community, but like on the street, people just pass each other. And more recently, like post pandemic, I feel like there's been actually more connection with strangers like there's been more like waving or like saying hi yeah. to people and I think because like we're all at home and when we do come out into public we don't we like want to socialize because people haven't really had that opportunity to socialize right so it's kind of been the opposite here like Ooh. there's still um there is still like I guess ignoring people or like doing like your own thing but there's a little more than there has been in the past of like seeing people and like noticing them and like yeah very cool yeah i think you know dealing with this biological virus it -hmm. also was amplified by dealing with the racist virus that has infected this country right and there has been a lot of uprising and what i've been amazed with is how the youth have really stepped up Mm -hmm. and and created probably the best voice for leadership Mm -hmm. than what we're hearing from who should be leading this country right and so when nico says seeing people i think this creates an opportunity for us to maybe unveil our privilege hopefully see each other in a way that we haven't been able to because these voices are powerful and Mm -hmm. it's these youth voices that i think are going to really set the tone for what happens post post uh pandemic if there is such a thing right now how about your lockdown out there do they have a strict lockdown with your governor like when it comes to like dining in takeout and whatnot because out here in pa our governor has shut down all the businesses that have dine-in they can only do takeout and delivery but a lot of the businesses are saying no governor we're going to still keep the dine-in and some of them are doing them at 50 percent and People are afraid, which I don't blame them, but me, on the other hand, for being a post-COVID survivor, I will walk in and I will support any any local business that's going to do it. What's it like out there for you guys? Well, well, I think, you know, some of those businesses, and particularly the arts, particularly musicians, have yeah. been really hit hard. There's no oh, yeah. no simple way to say it. It's a messed up, and I'm not sure if I'm allowed to cuss in this broadcast. You can cuss all you want. It's been a mucked up situation, (laughs) big time. Um, I think the governor and the leadership of the state is actually trying to use the language. We need to keep, we need to grow the economy, but we need to do it in a way where we're not growing the virus. Right. And can we, can we be smarter about this? But things are stricter right now in terms of the amount of people in a location. Right. just because of the nature of the growth. So until I think we get to a point where people are more people are doing the right thing and, you know, vaccine hopefully is around the corner mm-hmm. we can uh, we can get through this because the fear is we don't want to put the people who are at most at risk at no. more risk. Right. right. I agree. So 
country is in lockdown too for the most part. Like I've been furloughed most of the year. And then I know uh James is in LA and LA's been and wow. you guys have been shut down so pretty much. Lockdown, the yeah. Year. Yeah. I hear LA is really bad. It was a tr- I went up there in like maybe August, September and it was like I was in Silver Lake, which is like super busy downtown Silver Lake, trying to get pizza at like it was like a Wednesday at 11 p.m. Like every time I've been to Silver Lake, there's people everywhere. Like it's it's L.A. and it was so weird. I've never seen it that empty. It was crazy, and it was still you know it's just crazy. Yeah, there's a lot of hot spots up here by us that you know they're just they're like little hot spots because they're like local bars that really push local music, like B Spot Bar, Thirsty Tees Bar and Grill, Levels Bar and Grill. So, you know, this lockdown is really hitting us hard. For me, you know, post-pandemic, I think things are going to go back to a semi-normal. But my main concern is I want to see, I want to go see bands again. Like, like I've been to so many different bands, including in Germany, you know. That's the kind of vibe I want to see with the local bands. You know, like, I get that these big mainstream acts, you know, they've been around for a while. And, like, even these newer ones coming out, excuse, excuse my French, I'm a big hate Cardi B fan. I don't like her. But people <laughs> like her and their similar similar ones that are coming out, they have all these fans already. And it's like, all right, who did you pay off? And why are the local bands <laughs> have to build their way up and work harder than you when all you want to do is sing about a wet pee? Like, it just doesn't make sense. <laughs> <laughs> Anastasia knows where I'm coming from. <laughs> well, um, I'm sorry. Our hope. Yeah, and and our hope, and this is part of our now defunct strategy, is coming out of COVID, whatever this new normal may may, may turn out to be, is there'll be more attention and more care given to the hyper local, right. to those local bands yeah, and yeah, those yeah. smaller bands, because what people are craving is that connection. People are craving wanting to be each other, and music has just such a way to touch hearts and touch souls. That's right. But can we do it? And but how do we do it so the 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 bands make it can just make it through this, mm-hmm. and then have a platform to be able. So we really appreciate Lucia what you and Glenn are doing with these platforms to provide yep. an opportunity for folks to yep. to share because we all need to do a better oh. job of amplifying. Those little voices. I mean, I went to Sunday school. This little light of mine, gotta let it shine, right? So well, no, I the, didn't mean to go to, there. But. To get back to to get back to now to fight real quick, you know, that's what's been amazing about this project is that we through this we weren't a band before all this started. It happened by happenstance and and friendship and new friends and and we've been able to go ahead and create an album, create a lot of buzz, and create all of this through the pandemic. So it'll be interesting to see as well if this becomes a new venue for people to go ahead and produce I music. Hope it does. Which I hope it does too. But it's been—I have a good friend of mine that lives in Seattle, Andy Rowe, and he's just started up a band management company. And you know, they've been reduced. He's—he won't have a job again for for another year. So the local venues have been hit extremely hard. So Scott's right. Trying to go, we need to go ahead and support those places and those people. Awesome. So people can find you on nowdefunct.com. Yes. Facebook, Spotify, Instagram, YouTube. Am I missing anything? I think I missed some Bandcamp, right? Bandcamp. I don't know if you can see. I have to turn my uh, screen off to be able to show this to you, but 
Our vinyl has just come out. Oh my we, god. We, we produce vinyl. I, I mailed you some copies. So you'll yeah. be able to share them with your people. Yeah. That is going to go up on my wall in my music room. I know you guys can't see it, but when we moved in this house, this house was a very musical house before we moved in. And we transformed our dining room into a music room. And right now, hanging on my wall is a signed LP by Cheap Trick that I got for a birthday present. <laughs> this one is going right next to it. So awesome. if you can yes. get some people to sign that, it's going on my wall. Yeah. And what there you'll is. see is that the, the story of the band... I, I lost my microphone. Can you still hear me? <laughs> the story of the band is told in text. We, we saved all the text that, that we shared with incredible. each other. Yeah. Oh, my God. So, Steve or James, tell the story of how we got the name yes, now please. to phone. Let's hear from James. Go first. Uh, I was going to say, Steve, Steve's got the better rendition. Oh, man, like... I think it, I think it, it's actually him that him and him and Scott that ended up doing the whole dialogue about the okay. about the uh, name. We were we were texting back and we were, we were texting back and forth and you know I believe I texted Scott. We were like, hey, what's a good band? We could come up, come up with a band name and and I suggested a couple things. I, I I suggested the Commonwealth, which quickly got thrown out, uh, and then I suggested the Family. Family Tree, which uh, was a band. And Scott says, hey, is that a band? And I looked it up online, and I said, yeah, it's 1973, now defunct. And Scott replied back, hey, now defunct, that's a good name. And then we, we, we turned it over to James and the rest of the group, and everybody agreed that we go with the now defunct line. It's just been a... It's been kind of the staple of who we are in the sense that now we've become now defunctness, and the now defunctness is, you know, beautiful accidents happen, and when they happen, you got to go ahead and take advantage of them. Nice, that is fantastic. Gwen, do you have anything else you want to add for the band? I love the nostalgia. Keep it coming back. We love you guys. Take care. Well, thanks. Well, we appreciate you guys coming by. So, for those of you that are Watching this video, you will be able to find it on our YouTube channel, youtube.com for Lucia and Glenn. And if you like what you saw tonight, you want to get some more of our shenanigans. And I will warn you, some of them are a little R-rated. Some are PG-13. <laughs> Subscribe to our channel. Give us a like. Throw some comments what you like, what you don't like. And um, you can also find their music on our on our podcast over at anchor.fm, Lucia and Glenn. And you know you can find their video showcased with two other bands. So I want to thank you all for doing this tonight. Thanks, Lucia. And it was thank grazie, grazie, grazie. Thank you. And shout out to Maris for this design. She could yeah, have there you go. Yeah. Got a fun oh, yeah. yeah. Got a fun text. Yeah. yeah. Bye. Take Merry care. Christmas, everybody. Merry Christmas. Hmm. Jeez. What am I gonna do tonight? Better check out for the latest food and drink specials first. I know, I'm going to log on to OneWayToFun.com. That's the word, one way, the number two, fun.com. Now this is the best resource to find where those local specials are, as well as what kind of entertainment's out there with my favorite local bands. Want to join me? you got to go to OneWayToFun.com today. Check out Audubon Title and Tag. Quick, convenient, and affordable. 
We are located right off of exit 182, Interstate 81 South. There's no potholes between the interstate and us. Check out our website at www.autobontags.com. We'll catch you driving fast. Autobontags.com. 570-468-3529. Visit autobontags.com now. 